want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burroughs, along with TJ Darty, and we are the Reformed Informants. I barely even recognize this guy across the table over yeah, here right, right now. Repping the, the glasses. Going glasses. Yeah. You're disrespecting Kentucky. What I, is the shirt? Uh, Kentucky Westland. Shout out to my Owensboro uh, peeps out there. That's what. So Luke, little brother, he he coached baseball. This is a D two school. Okay. Um, in our hometown. So it's it's, it's a it's Tuesday. You know, it's it's not it's not a it's not a big not not a lot, a lot going on. So I can get away with it. But is there beef in Kentucky between those two schools? No. Or no. No. You can you can go to Westland and and be a huge UK fan most of them that's are. Pro- yeah, yeah okay. that's that's typical so Westland's yep. just a place to finish your education or get your <laughs> get your collegiate experience you know sports wise but that's how it was down at Texas State like people went to Texas State but they were like uh major UT fans uh, University of Texas where is where is Texas State San Marcos okay. 30 minutes south okay. of Austin okay yeah so there would be UT shirts all over campus be right. so irritated yeah yeah that's the worst Oh man! Anyways, the yeah. ladies are out. Yeah, they're out tonight. This is how a, about this. This is this was an impulsive, unplanned recording session. Yeah, this is just, a, it's just a Tuesday night. Yeah, just fired over at Texas. Said, "Hey, clothes on her way out. What do you think? You think we can pull this off?" And you said, "It's funny. Lindsay's on her way out. Yep, they're they're gone. They're going to run errands, do some stuff, take care of themselves, getting pampered." pregnant life yep blessing for us that's we get to right. record that's right so, so here we are we're in it so so where where are we what are we what are we doing what's this episode all about all right we're in part two of three of our anthropology series uh last time we recorded uh we basically overviewed uh the doctrine of man and we wanted to look through scripture uh to see what scripture uh and god has said uh, about uh, mankind right uh, we said it's important to obviously understand uh, what the Bible teaches about God but man is uh, in the story as well and mentioned from cover to cover of scripture so uh, we need to define what the Bible says about you and I yeah listeners mankind right 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 um, so yeah Any, anything to add to that no I mean it was um, it was very broad it was it was an overarching thing. Um, where we just kind of touched on, I remember we spent that, uh, we had a discussion on the dichotomy of man, the constitution of man, um, the purpose of man, you know, all, all these discussions that come into answering questions about who man is and the, the fact that man was a created being, um, which was, it tells us that something important about our status because we've God designed us with with purpose and intention and we're the crown jewel of creation but also the fact that we are not the highest being because yeah. we've been created so we, we had that discussion but we we set aside or kind of glossed over our subject for this episode and that is the image of God um, yeah we mentioned it for yeah. like 60 seconds right. maybe in the last very episode. brief that was intentional exactly yeah so that we could spend a full um, episode discussing this um, because the image of God and the discussion with within anthropology, within the doctrine of man, the image of God is so critical that it warrants separate discussion. Yeah. Right? Like we would we would have done injustice to to try to cram it into that last episode. Needs a separate episode, yeah. a standalone. Yeah. Um, well, we've all heard the phrase. Well, you were made in the image mm-hmm. of God, mm-hmm. right? That is a common phrase that you hear. 
uh, all throughout the church. So we're going to spend the next 45 minutes probably uh, diving into Scripture. Uh, TJ's done another wonderful job outlining this episode. Again, we got to give him all the credit for the well, uh, anthropology series here. Well, Just we'll stop see. it. Just stop no, it. No, no, no. We'll see how how well I've done <laughs> by the final product, right? The whole point of our outlines is just, uh, if you're new, maybe if you haven't been listening long, uh, we outline, we spend a lot of work preparing for these episodes because we take it seriously, um, but we don't script it by any means. We just kind of, we, we put questions down, we'll put a couple of references down, and we try to organize our flow of thought so that we can have a conversation that is able to be digested and consumed and it's, it's organized, you know, theology, systematic theology in particular is organized. It, there's organization to it and structure to it, and so that's the goal. Uh, so we're going to try to navigate through this with purpose and intentionality and start working uh, through the topic of the image of God. So um, to kick it off, the first the first thing is, where do we even get that phrase in Scripture? Where does the image of God actually show up in the text? Yeah, don't make us say it again yeah. in Genesis, Where, where are we bro? going? Genesis. We're Genesis going to Genesis. Yeah, yeah, the first time that you see image of God mentioned in Scripture uh, is on literally the first page, yeah. unless you have a Bible that has massive letters, <laughs> right? Uh, Genesis 1, uh, verses 26 and 27 will, will be our entry point to this. Um, yeah, let me read it real quick, and then, TJ, I'll let you kind of take over there and, and uh, exegete that a little bit. Sure, and this is the foundational text where yeah. we deal with the image of God. This is the place that we have to go. Now, it's not the only place. We'll mention others. But it is the place when you discuss the image of God in man, this is where we begin. Yep, so we're on the sixth day of creation, literal days, right? We did an episode Mm -hmm. on that a few weeks back. Uh, Verse 26 and 27, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, I'm handing it over. Well, there's a a lot to unpack. Um, First thing I would point out, the discussion here, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness there's been discussion there's been question are those the same thing is that a different is there a distinction made um but the exegetical work the uh language indicators all tell us that these two terms are synonymous okay it's repetition it's it's he, uh hebrew uh repetition because again this is an oratory uh, language, right? Like this was not something necessarily that would have been read, but it would have been read aloud or repeated. And so it was an oral culture. Yeah, so for the purpose repeated. of memorization, right, right? Right. Everybody didn't have the text of Scripture, so you see this repetition. I mean, you see it here, mentioning making man in our image after our likeness. Yes. You know, almost a handful of times here yes. in just two verses. And you, Exactly. You're going to see it again. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Like this creation... The, the more times you see something repeated, the more important it is. Um, that's just a good general rule to think about. Um, and so in this case, let us make man in our image after our likeness. 
um, those those terms are synonymous. And the term here um, that we think when we talk about the image of God, the actual Hebrew term, uh, it signifies a a copy, um, but more more than just a copy because we are not just copies of God, right? But it carries the the weight and the idea of representation. Um, so those who bear the image of God, uh, man in this case, we represent God. We okay, represent but, the original. Yeah, but we're not gods. Exactly. Right? We're not exactly. created gods. We don't become gods. That's right. that's not the idea here. Right. We we merely within creation itself, we are set apart as those who uh, function in order to represent who God is. This is what sets humanity apart. When you look at the yep. six days of creation. Why are why is humanity treated differently than the animals or the birds of the air, or the fish of the sea? This is the reason. It's the image of God. Well, you mentioned it last episode that man is the crown jewel of mm-hmm. God's creation, right? You don't see any language like this in the previous five days of creation. That's exactly right. And that's what makes, that's why we are the crown jewel. We're not the crown jewel simply because we have uh, reason or we've elevated ourselves to, to be able to communicate or whatever else. It's we have the image of God upon us. That so so that uh, the the identity of man, the validation of man is from God, right? It's not intrinsic in man. It's there's an outside um, application of this value, and it comes through the image of God. And we'll discuss. Uh, that's going to be our next point yeah. of discussion. What does that mean? The image of God. We'll come back to that. But I want to also mention. There are several other passages that mention the image of God, but it's limited. So th- this is an important conversation, but it doesn't it doesn't pervade all of Scripture. It's kind of understood, right? Right. So other passages, Genesis chapter five, you're going to see the same uh, terminology repeated. Um, excuse me, when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Again, synonymous with image, male and female, he created them and he blessed them. And um, he named them when he, when they were created. Um, and when Adam had lived for 30 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image. So we have that repetition there. Um, that concept of, of man being made in the image of God and being repeated through generations. Um, and then you see it again in Genesis chapter 9. Um, what important covenant is this um, that occurs here? Yeah, well, here in particular, the, I mean, the, I think we're going to actually do another episode on at least the death penalty yeah, here, right? Yeah. Uh, it's you could it's say a hot this topic a, right now at the yeah. time of us recording this. Yeah, absolutely. You could see here in Genesis 9-6, institution of the uh, uh, death penalty that we see of Jesus affirm later on. That's right. neither here nor there. Right, I right. Guess. We'll come back yeah. and discuss that. But, I mean, in this discu- in this covenant that God makes with Noah, he says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Why? For God has made man in his own image. Yeah, so. you don't find that type of covenant with animals. Exactly. Anywhere, That's either. Right. Again, so this is unique, like you said earlier. Very yes. unique. Yes. And then there are two other references in the New Testament. Again, we'll come back to these. 1 Corinthians 11 and James chapter 3 uh, mention the image of God being upon man. And we'll come back to the post-fall image of God and those types of things. So um, so let, let's discuss this. What is the image of God? We've kind of talked about the, the texts that reveal it. We've talked about, we've kind of walked a little bit through Genesis 1, but what actually is the image of God? And how do we define it? What do we, what's, how do we put our hands on it? Yeah, first off, let's get rid of uh, 
how sometimes this is misrepresented or misdefined. We're not talking about physicality here, okay? We're not talking about physicality because God himself is spirit. We know right. that from John chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, there's multiple texts that God is described as being invisible or not having a body or God and himself. And we've discussed that, yeah. right, in the attributes of God, the being of God. the um, Yeah, so we've talked about those things. Um, so, yes, you're right, not physical, um, which is important because we don't want to have the— we don't want to impose our physical understanding upon God, right? Yeah. Um, I'll just stop and say that. I'll just say that. Um, yeah. So yeah. not physical, which means that this is a spiritual reality. The image of God is um, a, a spiritual um the, the fact that man is made right in this dichotomy where he has body, but he also has soul and spirit, mm. um, that is unique. Humanity is unique in that. There's not uh, a soul for the birds mm. that are flying around. The, the soul is unique to man, mm. um, the, the inner man, the, the being of man. And, uh, and th- this, is what makes, um, this is what makes humans human. This is what sets us apart. This is what makes us distinct from the rest of creation yeah this this is humanity right right what, what what else what else when we think of of the image of god what else would this what else comes to mind uh yeah well the image of god humanity uh what what flows out of that is knowledge and morality and yes. ethics and yes. rationality and intelligence and those things this is why in one of our first episodes that we did on the podcast uh, we talked about general and natural revelation, how uh, mankind knows God through creation, but mankind also knows God through conscience, Romans chapter right. 2. That's because God is a, he's a moral being. He's an ethical being. God understands right and wrong, and he has placed that on the image of humanity, right? right. Uh, man knows right or wrong. Where does that come from? It comes from God right. because we are made in his image. Exactly. Same thing in Ecclesiastes. We find that... God has set eternity on the hearts of man. So we have an understanding that's innate in us, and it's not uh, random. It's not happenstance. It's from the image of God. That's what has given us the ability, as you mentioned, to reason, to perceive general revelation, right? Like the animals are in the same world that we are. In fact, they know general revelation better than we do. Right. Um, Right. But they don't have the ability to perceive a creator. Only we do, and that's because God has given us that ability through the image of God. Um, th- it, I would also add that it includes immortality. God being immortal has made us to where our souls shall exist forever. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Like we reject, <clears throat> we've done a mini episode on annihilationism. We would say the soul of man will endure whether it's, eternally um, in the presence of God in heaven or eternally apart from God um, in hell. Uh, but the soul is eternal, and that's that's part of the immortality that comes from man, that's distinct to man, right? Yeah, Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting lives, or some to everlasting life, and some uh, to everlasting contempt, right? Mm-hmm. There is a resurrection for every person that yes. has ever been created. Uh, and that comes because uh, yeah, of the absolutely. image of God, right? Yeah. Like Because we come from his hand. Um, and so we would say then that the image of God sits inside of the soul of man. It, it, it's imprinted on the inner man. 
Uh, I, I loved Calvin's, I, I was reading through Calvin's Institutes on this, and I loved what he said. He said, although God's glory shines forth in the outer man, there is no doubt that the proper seat of his image is in the soul, for the image of God is spiritual. Mm. And so uh, you, you and I were mm. choking about this earlier, and we kind of got a good laugh, but... <laughs> but I couldn't even control I know, myself. I'm not, <laughs> not going to be able to say what I said earlier, but, but we have to be careful not to look at somebody and impose their appearance upon God, right? Like, like we don't look at somebody and think, ah, that is a not well put together person or they, they, and we can say they're made in the image of God. And we have to be careful not to say, well, does God look like that? Well, yeah, you made, you made a good point. We've mentioned this book again on the podcast in earlier episodes, J.I. Packer's Knowing God, chapter four, he talks about the danger of making God into an image, Mm -hmm. right? So looking around at humanity and saying, well, that person must look like God to mm-hmm. some degree. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's not what we're talking exactly. about when we're looking at the image of God. Exactly. That's a, that's a good reminder for us. And so it's this, it's internal, it's, in the, it's uh, in the seat of the soul of man. And the image of God is what gives us the ability to worship God. I, I think if I'm going to wrap up my discussion of what the image of God is, I have to include the fact that worship comes from this image. It, it, we have been made to worship him because we have been made in his image. We have the the ability to do that. Um, So anything else we need to add on what the image of God is? Man, that's pretty good. Okay. I mean, I I think we made it clear the distinction there. This isn't physical. There's no physicality to it. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, that understanding has come across. Yeah. That that it's clear in scripture. Um, So let me, let me kind of take this, a little bit different direction. So um, you and I were discussing uh, a little earlier today, there are different views on the image of God that have emerged recently. Um, what we've just defined has been the historical uh, view of the church. It is, I believe, the most straightforward biblical view. Um, but there have been others who have suggested that perhaps the image of God, based on um, other biblical ideas, includes um, the... So in Genesis chapter 1, when we see God makes man in his image, and he says, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth. Let him have dominion. Let the, he, he's to fill the earth and to subdue it. So he's to be a vice regent, right, over, over all creation. And some have said that's the image of God, that, they, that man might rule creation. Um, others have said that because God is is Trinity, he's Father, Son, and Spirit, he relates within his own being that the image of God upon us is relational. So you and I have relationships because we're made in the image of God, and that's the image. Um, But we would say that functionality or um, relational component, the relational component of humanity is a result of the image of God and is not the image of God itself. Yeah. yeah. So how, so can you elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, well, at least to the points that you made there, I mean, you were, you were giving a uh, kind of a biblical description of what took place after uh, the image of God was mm. put into place. Um, those particular instances or those texts just don't deal with the definition of the image of God. Right. Right. Well, I mean, we would argue that they're there and that they're part of the early portions of Genesis, but uh, they don't really apply to what we're arguing for here right. uh, yeah. w- with the image of God. Well, the, the image bearers in Genesis 1, their task 
Adam and Eve have been given the task to fill the earth and to subdue it and to have dominion over it. And so really what they are what they have been tasked to do and what they fail to do and what Christ, the second Adam, is going to come to do right, is he they are tasked to take the image of God throughout all of creation. That go forth, be fruitful, and multiply, that's not God's way of saying, let's make sure the human race doesn't die. Right. He's sending them out into creation because the image of God is to go and cover all of creation to reflect his glory. It, it, all of creation is to worship him. And so what he fails to do, Christ is going to come, He's going to accomplish what Adam failed to do, and ultimately one day all of creation will worship God. Like yeah, that's so going to be fulfilled. Is that the pinnacle of the image of God or the purpose? Is that, yes, is that the peak that, of exactly. it? Exactly. Okay. That's what the image of God, uh, because we have been made in the image of God, that is the task that has been given to us. So it's, it's closely connected, but it's not the actual image itself, right? The image is not the task. The task comes, as you mentioned, after the image is placed. So God makes us in his image, and then he gives humanity that task. Uh, by the way, this is just an aside. This, this one's is, for free. This, this is, is free. for free. This is not even in the notes. This is why the Tower of Babel is the, after Genesis chapter 11, it's placed in Genesis 11, right before God calls a people to himself mm. and brings Abraham. Babel is the antithesis of the image of God. People stay in one place. They build a tower to bring glory to themselves, whereas God has said, multiply, fill the earth, spread out, and take the glory to me. Um, it's the exact opposite. That's what Genesis 11 is about, is the heightened rebellion against God. Um, so we, we have an idea and understanding of the purpose of the image of God based on um, what they are commanded to do. That's good, man. You got the glasses on. We're preaching hard over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting. Woo! I'm starting to get a little winded. I get. I get excited when that happens. So. Turn down the AC up in here. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you, so I can stop talking. <laughs> no, that's all, man. I'm glad you said every bit of that. That's so good. Okay, Genesis one. We've outlined. We've talked about the task, but I've already kind of previewed what happens. We get to Genesis eleven, and there's you know utter rebellion on the earth. That's not to mention Genesis six where you have the flood because God has said this earth is wicked. So what happened to this image of God when Adam sinned in Genesis 3? Yeah, the image of God is marred. It's damaged. Is it destroyed? Not by by God's fault. Okay. Right? By man's fault. Now, Now, when you say marred, I want us to be clear on this. Is it destroyed? Is it obliterated? Is it removed? No, the, the image of God doesn't go out of existence. Okay. Right. That's good. Yeah. The, the image of God is still there. Now the image of God that's been passed down from Adam and Eve, Romans chapter five, it's marred or it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's tainted. Um, I, I guess you could say it's, it's blackened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been dimmed. Yeah. 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 Because of sin and the, and the effects of sin. Um, so that image of God, which was um, amazing and beautiful and perfect and not corrupt, um, but perfectly designed and orchestrated by God, is now colliding with mm-hmm. uh, sin uh, that we see throughout all of humanity. Yeah, Calvin calls it deformed. He calls it a deformity in the image of God. And I, I think you said it well, that it's it's... It's battling sin, and sin has corrupted it. It has um, marred it, and so and and we would we would uh, I think the Bible is clear. We've already mentioned this. 
post fall, you still have Genesis nine, you have James three, mm-hmm. you have First Corinthians yep. eleven. The image of God is still there. Still there. Uh, James chapter three says that with the tongue we bless the Lord and our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness or the image of God. Right. It's still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, Paul mentioned it. So, I mean, we've got apostolic authority that are talking about this issue. Yes. Right? But... So it's not forgotten. It's, it's not, not lost. Gone. It's not forgotten. That's right. right. It's not gone. So, so we still maintain the image of God. But when you think about what the image of God is, it has been polluted. It has been corrupted. It's been destroyed. So now our reason, our intellect, mm. um, our spirituality, which would include the, whether or not we sin... Um, all of those things have been damaged. Yep. So we don't have perfect reason. We have sin. We, we have sinful reason. We have imperfect reason. We don't have uh, perfect uh, soul or spirit. We have a soul or spirit that is bent towards sin. Um, we don't have perfect knowledge or perfect morality. And there's not uniformity amongst the you know human consciousness because there's there's corruption. There's been damage that's been done to this image. Yep. Yep. What and, would you What would you add to that? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, but that is the case mm-hmm. at, at this point with the image of God in humanity. I mean, uh, you, I mean, you said it perfectly there that our intellect, all of our faculties, our yeah, mind, our yeah. reasoning, our morality, <laughs> ethics, right and wrong, all of those things are now scarred, right? That um, which is which is can, how you can get which is how you can get a society which can call something that is completely against God, they can say that that's right. Right. Because their yep. morality has been corrupted. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's Romans chapter 1. You're exchanging the right. truth of God for a lie. You've been given over to a depraved mind and those things. So what um, was once morally right in, in, in your head or morally wrong, those all those things have been reversed or flip-flopped, right? Like you said, even mm-hmm. in our culture and uh, across cultures, you know, worldwide, that's an effect of the fall of mankind, and the the image bearer um, is is now corrupt. Yeah, desperately wicked. Yeah, loves darkness. Mm. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue into the next kind of question discussion here. When you talk about that darkness, that brokenness, that corruption, that distortion, um, the decay of the image of God. What hope do we have, right? Like we have, you see the trajectory of this perfect image of God in Genesis 1, and then you just watched it crumble in Genesis 3. What hope do we have for the restoration of the image of God? Or is there any hope for that? Well, yeah, I think that was episode number four. Yeah, right? this is the, the, we're yeah, pointing this, to the gospel, Yeah, this right? is the gospel message that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, but it's important for us to understand that he can't provide salvation for sinners unless he himself is a human being, right? Mm-hmm. This is why we're arguing it's important mm-hmm. to land on a literal interpretation of Genesis that God created man in order for a man and God in the form of Jesus Christ, right? right? In order for him to save humanity, yeah. right? Uh, this idea of um, the perfect image bearer uh, w- yes. would be would be Jesus Christ. Yes, and and, and there's I, text for that. So yeah, yeah. The 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 first one that comes to mind when you're talking about that the golden chain of redemption, Romans chapter eight. Mm. I love this, and this is what I I pray that I might be 
uh, as a pastor, as a husband, as a soon-to-be father, and as a disciple of Christ, I pray that this might be um, said of me that I'm constantly being conformed to the image mm. of the Son. That's what Paul says. He says, those whom he foreknew, he predestined, and we'll have a full separate discussion on, on all these soteriological or salvation terms and texts, but he predestined not just he predestined for salvation, although that is certainly true, but he predestined that we might be conformed to the image of his son because physical? he is no yeah not no physical. this is this is this the spirit this is the image of God in its perfection in the form of of the person of Christ Jesus. So when we think about salvation, we that is a restoration of the image of God. There's there, that this is a a deep doctrine that is rooted in the gospel message itself. No, it, it yeah, is, man. I'm getting fired up oh, again. You're going to have to yeah, calm me down. No, you're going to have to start just, preaching. I'm going to have to just shift the camera yeah, over gonna, to you. Yeah, we got a hot mic. Oh. I'm going to stand up. You got a pulpit in here somewhere? <laughs> like I'm I mean, this is this is the, I get excited because it's important um, and there's depth here. There's theological depth and it's more than just Hey, I have value. Well, yeah, of course you have value, but it's more than that, right? Salvation is restoring that image to be like that of the Son, who is, is the perfect image. Yeah, this is also, I, I think, uh, a gra- <laughs> I, this is also, I mean, you could rabbit trail off of this point that you're making, um, talking about Christ being the perfect uh, substitutionary sacrifice. I mean, th- this is why his perfect life is is so important to the mm-hmm. gospel message mm-hmm. because he, he can't fulfill that portion of scripture if he's sinful right, right? Uh, this is why I would argue for the impeccability of Christ right same and you know we'll talk about that in future episodes but man this <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just need to hand it back to you, you <laughs> no, just keep I need, going. I need this to is calm great. down I'm gonna have to go nah. see a doctor soon I'm, I'm fired up um, Ephesians chapter 4 is another reference verse 24. Um, where Paul um, tells us to put on the new self, um, and that new self, the the new man, the 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 one who has been regenerated, he says is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, after the image of God. And so there's a correlation then between salvation and restoration of the image. And mm-hmm. so that restoration is complete at the glorification, right? The consummation of history, uh, the kingdom of God is ultimately brought in. The image of God in man will be restored. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to the golden chain of salvation or the golden chain of redemption that you just talked about in Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30, uh, that there will be glorification, right? Th- those who are predestined or called or right. justified, they're also glorified. So... Um, the, the, this restoration of the image of God will happen, right? right. And it, it, it's it w- guaranteed to happen. Yeah. Yes. Guaranteed to happen. Yes. Scripture cannot be broken. Jesus says. Right. Right. Um, okay. Well, I, I think this is. I mean, I'm so glad you put this in here. Uh, the next little component to our episode. Who all has the image of God? Right? Mm. Um, is it limited to certain people groups? Is it limited to uh, specific genders or right. ages or, I mean, whatever it is? I, I think this is absolutely critical mm-hmm. um, for our time. 
especially with all of the uh, nonsense going on in the culture and in the world. Yeah. Um, in, in regard to, um, I guess you could even talk or bring about critical race theory and yeah. all of those particular sure. things sure. that are um, well, I think you, flying off the social media platforms. Right. Gosh, you mentioned in our time and our in our world, and before you even said that, I was thinking. I was thinking this most informs our worldview, like this yeah. particular question, right? And the other things that we've discussed are the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of the a biblical understanding of man. But this is, you want to talk about real world application. This is how you think, this is how you think biblically about these, these subjects that are impacted and related by this so yeah who all does have the image of god yeah i think i mean we've got a handful of references here i I think it would do us well just to take our time um even if this episode extends out a little more Mm -hmm. we got tj fired up over here breaking a sweat we need to definitely make sure that these points resonate uh with us here in in 2019 Mm -hmm. um so who all has the image of god all ethnicities and races, yeah. right? No, no one is excluded yeah. from well, this. Let me let, let's first just make the comment just off the top, and then we'll we can go back to this. But every human being, right? We'll, we'll just blanket statement that every human being has the image of God. Now that's implied; it's understood; uh, it's behind it. But now let's walk through, like you mentioned first, all ethnicities. All no one is excluded. Now this is important. Um, certainly it's important now, but gosh, this was really distorted. Um, and, and this is one of the, the just low points of American Christianity. When you look at some of the arguments, and I've studied some of these, where they there were arguments made by strong evangelical, um, educated, reformed mm. believers who would say that because your skin was black, you were not, you were an inferior being. You did not have the image of God. Um, and they try to make biblical arguments for it. And let me just, from both of us, say, um, if you've ever been exposed to that, if you've ever been taught anything like that, um, that is wrong. Right. It's absolutely wrong. And um, it, there's just no room for that type of ideology in the Scriptures. Yeah, it's just you, not there. Yeah, you mentioned um, in, in the last episode that we recorded that— you know, even though we look back into church history, church history isn't the authority. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. men had faults, um, men had blind spots, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, you can trace back. You know, throughout the centuries, and you see that even from people that would um, claim Christ and be reformed, right, uh, to some degree, mm-hmm. right, not fully reformed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's walk through some of these texts here, so yeah. so we can uh, identify portions of Scripture that highlight. And explicitly document mm-hmm. that all ethnicities and races have, have the image of God. Kick us off. Yeah, here. I mean, certain texts come to mind off the, off the the top. The first one that, that we've got listed here, Galatians three. Um, now Paul is talking about believers in this case, um, but he 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 already obliterates the racial distinction within those who are in Christ. Galatians three, uh, verse twenty eight. He says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm. In other words, he says that there is not a hierarchy. Um, Jew, Jewish, um, uh, the Jewish people were not to be ranked more highly than the non-Jewish people. There's no distinction in race 
when it comes to the gospel. Um, we would extrapolate that yep. to say that because the image of God is identical in each, they have equal value and standing before God. It's yep. n- There's no racial superiority. Right, yeah. Ephesians 2, um, basically the same thing. It's talking about bringing together Jew or G- Jew and Gentile, right? And when we say Gentile, we're just talking about Jews and the nations, right? Mm-hmm. That's another way. Non- Non-Jews. Yeah, yeah, non-Jews. So Ephesians 2 in context is very similar to Galatians chapter 3 there, that the gospel is, is bringing together or broken down the, the separation between the two, Jews mm-hmm. and Gentiles. It's, it's all one in Christ Jesus, which I think is getting yes. into the next one. So yeah, yeah, same, what do you got same next? Thing. Colossians chapter 3, um, again, Paul reiterates this because this was an important point in the first century. Um, he says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, which is another way of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. And again, he's tearing down those barriers that that man, man, men or man, man has built up between one another based on where they grew up, based on what color their skin is, based on what language they speak or whatever that may be. Um same thing in, in Romans chapter 10. Paul echoes this again. But but can you talk about the last one we have listed here and, and the importance and the significance of how that might um, inform this discussion? Yeah, the, the last text that we put on the outline here was Revelation chapter 5. Um, Revelation chapter 5 is, uh, just to set kind of the context there, Revelation chapter 5 um, is describing and depicting a, a scene around the throne of God. Um, worship is, is taking place, and it, it's worship from the myriads and myriads of angels, but, but also in the mix of this worship, Revelation 5, uh, verse 9, it says that they sang a new song, and he, here's what they're saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. So right here, we are seeing the the perfect worship um, taking place around the throne of God. And notice it's not isolated to a, a specific group. Yeah. It's not isolated to a specific gender. It's people for God from Every tribe, language, people, and nation, and that yeah. just—it's it, a comprehensive yeah. body of people. That's such a good word. It's comprehensive. There's, there is no distinction. It doesn't list out people who have the skin color that's white and black and light brown, and the people. It, there's none of that. It, it, it's understood to mean that all people are treated the same and viewed the same from a biblical worldview which says that it's none of those individual characteristics which make humans valuable. It's the image of God. Right. That's what sets us apart. And the image of God is the same regardless of the color of skin or the language spoken or the background or whatever else it might be. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know to, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Take us back to Genesis 1 now. Um and let's shift just a little bit here from ethnicities and races. Let, let's talk about uh, male and female. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the situation in Genesis chapter 1? Uh, is the scripture teaching in any way, shape, or form that 
males are greater than females, females are greater than males. What's right. the gender situation here well, concerning the image of God? Yeah, in the same way that we mentioned about you know, the ethnicities and um, the abuses of Scripture, the same has been done in, with Scripture to try to, um, to try to place men in a heightened state over women, or currently in our world we're seeing it flipped upside down where women have tried to subordinate men underneath of them. Um, but Genesis 1 leaves no room for either of those. Um, there's equality between the two. Um, the, the repetition in verse 27, God created man in his image. That word man does not mean male. It means humanity. Thank you. So right. You. So it, it, God created human in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Well, it's masculine, but it's referring to both. Male and female, he created them. There's equivalence between the two. Right? That's why context matters. It does, right? yeah. Don't just strip man out of there and pull that out. That right. is your only teaching point here. Right. Male and female, he created them. And I would say, we don't have time to chase this rabbit, but I would say that there are characteristics of fatherhood and motherhood that are applied to God in the Old Testament in particular, right? Like God is spoken of as a tender, caring mother and also as a an authoritative uh, and caring father. Sure. And so Scripture depicts God in both of these ways, and that image is implanted on both male and female. So God is not, there's not maleness and femaleness in God. Like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't function the way that men and women do. Yeah, there's no favoritism or no. partiality. You know, God, no. again, that's not his character. No, but God has revealed himself in a certain way, and he has placed the image of God upon men and women the exact same. Right. There's no value uh, There's no value that's greater in one sex over the other, or, you know, one gender over the other. It, it, they are equivalent, and, and the text equates the two with perfect Hebrew parallelism there. They are connected and they're identical. Yeah. Um, and then, That's of course, good. you can, man, you can make the argument all throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, there are women who play prominent, important roles. Um, and the New Testament, especially the Gospels, are emphatic about this that women have an elevated status in the eyes of God, in the eyes of Jesus. You go through the genealogies, you go through um, those who discover the empty tomb. Um, Jesus' miracles, women are yeah. equated with men. Yeah, God opening up the heart of Lydia. Yes. You know. Yeah, we could go on and on. We don't need to belabor the point. Simply, we need to understand, as we mentioned in Galatians 3 earlier, there is no such thing as male and female in terms of separating the two when it comes to the image of God. Right. Right? Like, they're, they're identical. Um, okay, next one. Talk to me briefly about... Another division that we see in our world and how it should not be played out from a biblical worldview, and I'm specifically thinking about economic status or um, class systems within society. Right. Yeah, man, you could be the richest of the rich or the poorest of the poor. Um, but, uh, again, that, 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 that doesn't define you as an image bearer mm-hmm. right um and you don't have more of the image of yeah, God yeah if you have more money sure or, yeah because you can't you know yeah just because your finances may you know and your portfolio is right. you know top of the line you know again that, that that plays no role on being an image bearer of god um 
Anything to add to that? I would just, uh, in 2019, I would say it doesn't matter how many Instagram likes you have, <laughs> how many Facebook <laughs> friends you have. Like, in all seriousness, yeah. if, if, if a person of if our society is so built on fame, if, a, if, a, if there are two people in a room and one of them has social media followings, and, and we're all prone to this, we're human, but our attention is, is directed towards the person who we're gravitated towards them, and they seem to have elevated importance, yep. right? Like you Man. talk about the person who has the mo- he's the most important person in the room. Well, yeah, in a sense, certain things you have more important people that do more important things for more important tasks, sure. but they're not, yeah, it's it, not a value yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. if, if you've got, if you all get on the ship, the captain is the most important decision maker on the ship and not the, the, the crew. The captain is the one who all the eyes go to, but the captain is not more important or more valuable, right? The quarterback's not, well, doesn't have more of the image of God than the offensive sure. lineman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we look back in the new Testament, but well, we've got the Pharisees. I mean, they're right. a classic example yeah. of those that are only concerned about economic status, That's right? Um, <laughs> they wanted absolutely nothing to do with the riffraff, the scum, the tax collectors, and the sinners, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just anti-gospel stuff yes. right there. That's... Which, I mean, what? I mean, Jesus knows that. That's why in Matthew right. 23, he just unleashes. I was going to say, he attacks them on those yeah. very things. Yeah, Which is, a, I mean, gosh... We didn't even touch on this. When you go through the Old Testament, that's the heart of God. Like mm. he, he's read the Old Testament, and the indictment that God places on Israel is for idolatry and is for um, their mistreatment of the poor. Right. That is, I mean, it's repeated. Taking over advantage and over of widows. Again. Yes, yes, and, th- and that's what James. Ugh. You know, James has a, a full discussion of that in his book. Um, where he deals with that James chapter, uh, the end of one and beginning of two in particular, where he talks about that particular thing. But but let's move on because I think we've made that point um, kind of to the last section or the last um, distinction that we need to, to make sure that we make, and that is um, the image of God is the same for people of all ages. Um, so there is no... Uh, va- added value to the elderly or depleted value to the elderly. Um, like once you stop contributing to society, you become less important in the eyes of many. Or until you can contribute to society as a child, you're less important. You know, we would reject both of those things in terms of the image of God, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to talk about this when we're talking about the elderly and children and whatnot, even the unborn. Yes. Right. That's, when, yeah. That's I mean, where we when, had to go. Yeah. When would we say that the image of God is placed on that particular person? Conception. Yeah. A conce- yeah. Absolutely. A I conception. Mean, that be- because at conception there is a the soul of that human yep. being right has previous been, episode exactly yep. has been now uh, connected with because the person itself can't be separated mm-hmm. the, the the so when there's when there's a conception within within a woman inside of a, a a woman's body, there is now life that has been conceived. The soul is there, mm-hmm. and with that soul is the image of God. The image of God, right? Yeah. So, I, I don't know if you have any uh, other comments on that, but I was going to say the implications or the discussion of that from a worldview perspective. We are not we are not merely against abortion. Because we think that that just that just sounds wrong. We're right. against abortion because the that, you're killing image bearers. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah our stance and view against abortion 
Uh, it, it is a theological one yeah, too, that's, right? Yes, that's exactly. It is. It's uh, not just a moral. Yeah. We're not basing it on feeling. Yeah, this morally is, it's wrong. Feeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's my, my stomach turns. My stomach turns. My conscience bears witness to this reality. But it's a theological argument to say, this is an image bearer. Right. This is one whom God has planted. Is it? So there's value yeah. on this person. Yeah, Galatians um, 1.15 uh Paul says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, right? That's right. I've, and, you know, he, he is, it's David in the Psalms, right? Talking right. about being formed or knit yes. in, in the womb. Right. Um, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Yep. Um, I mean, would it be safe to say we can link up those passages in this discussion? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, based on... Based on the the, I mean Jeremiah is the same thing. That guy, he's been set apart. I mean John the Baptist leaps in the womb, um, whenever Jesus, you know, yeah, when, that's a when real good one. Like that, there's there's something is happening inside because God has already planted His image upon them, right? Right, and and that's what makes that's what makes human life valuable. Um, so the world argument that says it's not life until it breathes or it's not. No, the life comes when the image of God is placed yeah. upon them. And, right? and that's all over Scripture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can't, you can't get around that one. No. You really can't. And I loved what you said. It's a theological argument. We, we are arguing this because of the weight of the image of God, which is why this is such an important discussion. Which um, is why... Man, I mean, how thankful should we be for special revelation yes. that allows us to frame Amen. our uh, our worldview based on the you know the solid rock of Scripture, yeah, the unchanging Word of God. That's right. Okay, let's talk. We've already kind of tapped into this discussion, but let's talk real briefly, kind of wrap this up before we jump into the initiative and talk about implications. So, because of what we have looked at with the image of God, we've talked about. Um, what the image of God is. We've talked about the functions that are related to the image of God, the purpose of the image of God, um, who has the image of God, the fact that the image of God will be restored um, ultimately at the consummation to be like the image of the Son, who is the perfect image of God. We've talked about all these biblical theological concepts. Now, real-life worldview application beyond what we've already mentioned, what other implications are there when we consider the image of God. Now, I'm just so fired up for yeah, this episode. Lo- like, lots this of them, is, right? Man, this is just good. And isn't isn't um, this so encouraging? As I didn't even know how awesome this was going to be to talk about. I thought the image of God was going to be, okay, we've got to talk about it. There's going to be some good right. stuff. But, man, this fires me up. It's the glasses, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, I'm, I'm, but I'm just going to stand up for the rest of this episode. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that... Uh, yeah, as we've been going through this episode, like, it, you know, it, it's given me a greater appreciation for humanity. Just, I don't know, just generally speaking, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think um, it, it's helping me see um, from a biblical perspective that every single human being that I come across every single day, whether it's driving in the car, stuck in traffic for 45 minutes, driving home when it should only take me 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That the, the, DFW. Yeah, the person next to me has value. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they have value. They they were they, they were created by God mm. with, with, with His image, you know, placed upon. Yeah, placed upon Him. 
um, man, I, I don't know. Yeah, There's that, just value and dignity yes. in our neighbors. And, you know, even in the people we interact with on, on social media, we, we may not see them. They may not be in front of us. It may just be text and graphics and whatnot, but I don't know. I'm just no, kind of, I'm kind of rambling. No, over that's here. really this, good. And, and man, that's a sobering reminder to me too, that the image of God, and I don't even know if we've explicitly stated this, but this is not just for believers, yeah. right? Like this is for humanity. Even non-believers have the image of God, which is what makes it so, um, such a dire uh, situation when somebody rejects the gospel. You have been created to glorify God. That's The image of God has been placed upon you. You're an image bearer, and you are defaming the one whom you represent by your mere presence because mm. you are human you represent god um because the image has been placed upon you and so you've been made in his likeness you've been made to worship him and so there's a call to repent because of that and it's heartbreaking when you see those who reject the gospel um more than just yeah they're going to suffer eternally but also the image of god has been distorted and marred and it will not be restored in that person mm. um because of their rejection of the gospel um so yeah that's a, that's a it's a sobering reminder to us and and i you use that word value in like every single human being every single one from the unborn to the dying elderly um you know at the final stages of life there's intrinsic value because the image of god has been placed upon them yeah man, that's good it's valuable I don't even have anything to add to that. Man, that, that, man I'm glad you said all that. Uh, this is, I'm glad we did this episode. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. Like, man, this is so necessary. It is. I hope it's been helpful if you're listening. Like, well, if nobody else got anything out of it, I did because yeah. that was really good. Um, so, uh, tell me in in more explicit words for an initiative. Why has this been helpful? Man, I I feel like. Um, Again, as I, as I just mentioned a, a couple minutes ago, like I, I feel like the the truth of the Word of God, e- even as we speak, is is molding my worldview. Um, it's renewing my mind. Mm. You know, Ro- Romans twelve. Um, it, it's it's making me more like Christ because I'm getting God's perspective on what He has created, um, and. His creation of humanity has way more value than anything else that, that he has created. I, I think of, um, I, I can't remember the title of it. It was a video on YouTube where um, people were getting interviewed and they were asked, well, if your dog was drowning in mm. a pool and your neighbor was drowning in that same pool, which one would you save? Mm. And some of the people responded by saying, well, I would save my dog, right? Um, now, now, of course, uh, you know, they were unbelievers. Most of them were atheists. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, it's a wrong understanding of humanity That's because right. the dog and uh, that person, that hypothetical neighbor, are, are of equal value and... and in their eyes. Right, right. But biblically speaking, right. we see the intrinsic worth and the value of humanity. And I'm thankful that Jesus Christ came to redeem yeah. me and my marred image. Yeah. 
That's um, good. So. Yeah, let me yeah let me Anyways. take that and transition for my initiative, kind of twofold, um, related to what you just said, and even how you said it earlier, man. Like, there's just value in the person that we interact with that we don't know. Um, the person that I don't want to talk to in the grocery store line because I'm just <laughs> tired, man. I'm beat down, and I go and I just want to pick up my groceries and go. Yeah. And this person. Um, who's a little socially awkward in the grocery store, they have value just that's equivalent to my value. And it's not, I'm not more or less valuable based on what I've accomplished or what degrees I have on my wall or any anything that society would tell you, but that because we are both made in the image of God, we are equal in God's eyes in, in terms of value. And then, man, just that hope that we have for the restoration of the image of God, that the brokenness and the the, the faculties that are um, that don't function the way they're supposed to, and the shortcomings that we have, that's going to be restored, and we will ultimately be able to reflect that glory right. eternally, the way that we were designed to. Uh, man, that's just that's just such a, a good hope, man. <laughs> oh, who knew? Man. Who knew that this this Tuesday afternoon impulsive recording session was going to be so powerful? I feel like I need a post workout shake. <laughs> It's yeah, just, I need yeah. some aminos. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Uh, if you're not doing so already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You know we've gotten a lot of reviews, uh, but we need more. The more you, the more you guys review and give us feedback, the higher up we are able to uh, appear in the search bar, which gives us more exposure. So do that for us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook at Reformed Informants. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, you can always find access to all of our episodes, links to all our social media platforms. All you have to do is go to our website at www.themajestiesmen.com slash reformedinformants. Yeah, if you have any questions or suggestions for topics of discussion, feel free to email us at reformedinformants at gmail.com.